Sustainability Unwrapped, a conversational podcast about responsibility, ethics, inequalities, climate change, and other challenges of our times, where science needs practice to think about our world and how to make our society more sustainable one podcast at a time. We welcome our listeners to a new season of the podcast Sustainability Unwrapped. By the microphone is Anna. I work as a researcher at Hankin School of Economics. Our key theme for this season is responsible organizing. Responsible organizing is something that we use a lot when we talk about responding to sustainability challenges. And the episodes to come, we will discuss different examples of responsible organizing and of course explain what exactly it means. And we will address different topics such as, for example, the biases of our thinking created by the social media algorithms. Or, for example, we will talk how we can reduce different inequalities or how different actors can collaborate and work for sustainability. And, of course, much, much more. But today in the studio, I have Maria Sandberg and Jana Tieneri, and we will talk about responsible organizing in general, what it is and what it can bring to the discussions around sustainability. Maria, you are a postdoctoral researcher at Handgen, right? Yes. Hi. Uh, thank you for inviting me. So, yes, I do research on sustainability transitions, and I particularly focus on how, how we in developed countries need to change our consumption patterns mm-hmm. in response to climate change and other environmental problems. Fantastic topics. It's great to have you here today to bring your insights and uh, uh, develop the discussion with us further. Janne, you are a professor in management and organizational Hamken. Yes, my research and teaching interests include gender and diversity, strategy work, managing multinational corporations, branding, media, social media, just to name a few examples. So I'm all over the place and I'm a business school guy, but I work in a social sciences and humanities oriented discipline. So I've been involved in studies looking into the social and cultural aspects of sustainability and responsibility in particular. Amazing. Well, as I said, I'm really happy to have you here with us in the studio. And uh, let's get to the our discussion. As I mentioned in our podcast, we decided to give a central attention to the concept of responsible organizing. We sort of take it as a, a viewpoint or key to tackling diverse and complex sustainability challenges. And uh, you and the research team at Hanken have recently published a book titled Transformative Action for Sustainable Outcomes, Responsible Organizing. And uh, I want to talk more a bit about the book, of course, and uh, in relation to the agenda of our podcast. But first, of course, I want to say that congratulations to publishing an interesting and insightful book. I read it myself and contributed as well. So I know a little bit the inside of you, but of course, you are here to bring the overall insights for the audience. And uh, I want to start with probably the fundamental question that our listeners want to know. We'll learn from later episodes of our podcast. What do we mean by responsible organizing? And uh, why do we need a change in the way we organize? Yeah, so uh, our starting point with the book was the problems that we are facing globally as a society. So, for example, climate change, biodiversity loss, 
inequalities both between and within countries. And uh, uh, we look at sustain these sustainability challenges through the United Nations uh, 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the actions that we need to transform our societies to reach these goals. Uh, for those listeners who are unfamiliar with the Sustainable Development Goals, or the SDGs for short, mm -hmm. uh, they are a framework of the United Nations, and it outlines 17 different sustainability-related goals uh, for the year 2030. And it includes, includes things like eliminating poverty, uh, access to education, uh, gender equality, climate change, and, and other goals. And what we argue in the book is that uh, what we are currently doing isn't working. It's not enough to reach these goals. So what we have done is we have collected the work of Hanken researchers, what they propose we should be doing to tackle these sustainability challenges. And we use responsible organizing as a quite a kind of umbrella concept that gathers our thoughts and what we propose. Yeah, for me, editing this book together with Maria was an intriguing experience to work with someone who looks at these issues from a slightly different angle than I do. So I think it's because of our different perspectives that I think we've come up with something worthwhile. And for me, this reflects the notion of responsible organizing, or RO for short. It's welcoming and it's engaging. And as Maria said, it's an umbrella concept for the organizational, socio-ecological, transnational processes required to tackle sustainability challenges and to achieve sustainable outcomes. Now, organizing for us, it refers to how different actors take action to change and to transform organizations, societies, and transnational institutions. So it draws our attention to activities and practices. Responsible refers to a reflexive understanding of how to organize for sustainable outcomes. So as you can see, it's not fully defined, and that's intentional, it's quite vague, and it works, we would argue, as, as a concept that helps different kinds of people come together and do something worthwhile exactly. together. So we believe that it's how sustainability is understood and acted upon that lies at the core of finding solutions to the challenges we're facing. So we offer new paths forward that recognize the complexities and the connections inherent to sustainability challenges today and in the future. So it's very much about finding connections, I think. Yeah, and I would agree here because uh, as we will learn from uh, uh, episodes to come, the sustainability challenges, they're very diverse in their nature and they might and, be and interconnected complex. and complex. Exactly, that's probably the right word to explain that. And uh, yeah, we, there's uh, definitely practices. I really like the kind of a practice approach here in that sense, because uh, it's actionable. It's something that uh, then very tangible at, uh, in its outcomes. Yeah, I think for me, when we started work on the book, responsible organizing was 
uh, quite new concept. Mm. And I think it can be a bit challenging to, to understand, but once you get it, I think it's really useful. I think for me, as Janne said, it really highlights that it's about the actions we take as a society, what different actors are doing, and how what all of us are doing comes together and and results in some type of changes in our societies. Because ultimately sustainability, it's about a need to change our societies in some ways, and that's not easy. Uh, so the question really is that what actions, by who, and how does this change our societies to hopefully be more sustainable? I think it also gives the opportunity to question what we are doing and discuss what we should be doing. Because a lot of things are branded as being sustainable. Uh, but I think we need to be quite critical of how this word is used. And, and to think about when we talk about sustainability or we talk about responsibility, what activities are we talking about? For example, you know, a lot of companies are accused of greenwashing. Uh, they label what they do as responsible, even though maybe it doesn't actually advance the sustainability goals we have. So, so being critical in that sense, we think is really important. Exactly. Key. Yeah, I would agree here because, uh, well, there are companies that are sort of misusing sustainability as part of their branding strategies, if I'm not mistaken here. But uh, yeah, and sustainability in some cases has become a buzzword. Like that's exactly, and that might actually prevent people from focusing on the part that you said should be doing. Like we're already doing something about it, but uh, we are not thinking about uh, what. Yeah, I think it's important to point out that a lot of companies and other organizations are doing positive things too. So the picture is not entirely grim in any way. So many are actually trying to go beyond this greenwashing. Greenwashing, yeah. So it really seems that responsible organizing is boundary crossing. And uh, it's an approach that addresses a variety of sustainability questions. And uh, as you already mentioned, that it... Uh, considers many different actors on levels from a very individual, maybe me and my close circle, but also uh, to the bigger picture about corporates and even societies. Uh, I also paid attention that the book is co-authored by a very diverse group of researchers at Hanken, and the background of people really fascinated me. It's from multidisciplinary perspective on responsible organizing. Could you a little bit more elaborate about the dis multidisciplinarity and the value it brings? Yeah, I think the vast group of people who crafted the book, they show that a single perspective is never enough. The responsible organizing community at Hanken has been very active for a long time now, so it just, just didn't emerge out of thin air. Um, in fact, after an external international uh, review process a few years back, we were included as one of Hanken's research areas of strength. And uh, while multidisciplinarity may be something of a buzzword, at Hanken we've actually lived it real for some time. So there was a grounding for the book and a long tradition of research and teaching on a wide range of topics related to sustainability and responsibility at Hanken. 
So in different parts of the business school, across management and organization, marketing, supply chain management, logistics, now accounting too, just to name a few examples. So the roots were there and people from different parts of Hanken got together and decided to sort of formalize the various ongoing collaborations and uh, responsible organizing as a community came into being quite organically and actually so did our book. And uh, later on, we are thrilled to meet your colleagues and the co-authors of the book in the podcast. Uh, they will share their perspectives and insights. But what I particularly like that they bring a lot of pr practical examples that uh, really dive into the topic and let us uh, get a good understanding and grasp of the challenges and solutions that they propose. Uh, but now the question that is uh, in my mind is, uh, what did it, where did it all start? Like, how did you get the idea of publishing a book? And uh, why did you actually decide it on the format of the book? So why book is still a popular way to bring the insights to the wider audience? I guess the book idea, well, an idea is rarely someone's own. It kind of emerges and develops in particular circumstances. So I guess I just happened to make the book idea explicit and formulate a suggestion for others to consider. Yeah, and uh, we were actually we were having a meeting with the responsible organizing research community at, here at Hanken, and the idea of the book came up and uh, Janne volunteered that, you know, I could start driving the project. And then he asked that maybe somebody could kind of help him with it. Uh, and I honestly just thought it sounded like such an interesting project. So I just raised my hand and, and said, that, you know, I could be involved. And, you know, I had never edited a book before. And I, I just thought it would be really interesting to be a part of it and kind of see how it's done. Uh, and I do think, I think that the re research we are doing at Hanken on responsible organizing is really valuable especially in a business school context. And, and you know, a book, it can really bring everything together into one volume, which is why I think the book format really was good for this project. Yeah, so the idea was to create something quite comprehensive. And I thought it was a good sign that Maria immediately volunteered. We didn't know each other at no. that point, so mm -hmm. we never worked together or anything. But it turned out to be a journey that I think we both enjoyed. And the book format, um, it sort of enabled us to re represent our community. And, and uh, we decided to edit a collection of chapters because we all have a lot to say, of course. And, and uh, actually, there were a total of 35 researchers from Hanken or affiliated with Hanken involved. 35, that's a lot. That's a big yeah, community. Maria and I, we were prepared to do quite a lot of management work here. Mm -hmm. Managing academics is sometimes said to be like herding cats, so pretty <laughs> much impossible. Yeah. But not the case here. Everyone saw the value of this joint initiative, and we ended up having to do quite little management, actually. And, and people heeded their deadlines, which we thought was incredible. Everything went really smoothly from start to finish. So there's always a first. 
knock on wood, because uh, this was something unique, I would say. I've done quite a bit of this kind of work over the years myself. And it's also interesting to note that while all the contributors to the book have a connection to Hanken here in Helsinki in Finland, and most are affiliated with it, the authors actually represent 13 different nationalities. Wow, that's a really diverse group and also bringing their own perspective from different countries and backgrounds, because I believe they're not only from the kind of Nordic countries, but might be elsewhere. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The empirical examples in the different chapters of the book, they represent the world at large. There are global perspectives, perspectives from the global south and the global north, and we actually zoom in on local examples on seven continents. Wow, impressive. Yeah, the book chapters are quite uh, concise and brief, so the cases, examples we present are not, you know, long and dull, uh, but uh, short and sharp. And I must say that Routledge, our publishers, they immediately saw the value of the book and, and uh, we got all the help we needed in the different stages of the process, which is a little exceptional too. So the people at Routledge, they were really tremendous in uh, supporting us, I would say. As you explain it now, it sounds to me as one of the examples of responsible organizing, how you got different actors on, bo- on board, how you did manage the process and what kind of book you managed to publish. Uh, I have one question that might be uh, quite interesting, but uh, how did you decide on what to include and what to cut off? Because I understand that the concept is so vague and you want to cover it all in the most fruitful way for the reader, but it also can be so painful to cut, like, valuable pieces from the book. How did you manage that process? Yeah, so so the way we uh, decided to do it, and, and, and really we, we wanted, as you said, there are so many different topics and we thought it was really important to still create some type of structure. And, and the way we did it is that we structured the book around uh, three main themes or three ways that we as a community think that there is a need to somehow rethink sustainability and what we are currently doing. So first, uh, we argue that there is a need to rethink the idea of responsibility and in particular corporate social responsibility or CSR. Uh, So we have quite a few authors that uh, in different ways discuss and provide suggestions for this. Uh, second, uh, here at Hanken, we have a quite a strong community of researchers that uh, study inequalities. So, so in the book, that's a second team where we have uh, authors that that uh, challenge the ways we approach uh, inequalities and and how we should uh, change that. And then third, we have a group of researchers that are very critical of how nature is currently understood in discussions of sustainability and suggest ways to rethink that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of shaped the chapters and outline of the book in itself, I understand. I'm really glad that we will hear more about these topics, some of them uh, from the authors that will be actually our guests uh, in the upcoming episodes. 
Uh, but before we jump into each individual discussions, it would be interesting to uh, talk a little bit more with you. What were your personal takeaways and learnings from the such a variety of discussions that you as an editor were exposed to under one umbrella of responsible organizing? So could you tell me a little bit more about your personal learnings in a broader scope? Yeah, so, I mean, personally, I learned so much <laughs> reading all the chapters several times during the process. I can imagine. <laughs> uh, because as researchers, you know, we often focus on a quite narrow topic. And so even though, I mean, I have a really broad interest in sustainability questions and challenges, my knowledge was quite limited to, you know, my own research topic. So. So just having the opportunity to read about what what the other researchers at Hanken are doing, you know, I learn a lot about so many different aspects of sustainability. And and in, in particular, like the chapters on, on equality, which was something that I hadn't read a lot about before. I, I It was really eye-opening for me, just as a reader even, to read those. Uh, and I just, I think it's amazing that, you know, we are a quite small community at a quite small university, but there's so much diversity in how we approach sustainability. You know, both the topics that we study and how we approach them. And I think the book, it really highlights this diversity. And I think it kind of represents our research com community here at Hanken. And like having it compiled in an edited collection, it just it brings everything together and it shows the similarities in our work and also the differences in our work. And I think that's a real strength of the book. And I'm so happy we can bring it to the podcast and share with our listeners who might not be able to read the entire book, but also want to get the value out of the book itself. How about you, Janne? What are your personal takeaways? Well, I, I think it's kind of uh, the other way around for me, really, because uh, I've studied, let's say, the social aspects of sustainability and responsibility for quite some time. So the inequalities. And I think... Um, I'm learning new things here. I'm, I'm learning about the non-human or the more than human, how we as human beings are related to and connected and interacting with non-human living entities. And I've made it into a goal that I better understand different perspectives to sustainability and responsibilities. And uh, my friends and colleagues, they're educating me to sort of challenge my very human-centered worldview and it's not exactly easy but these kind of initiatives working together with people crafting the book are really helpful because you get to see so many different takes on similar phenomena that are related and you learn from the others so like Maria acting as kind of a sparring partner for the authors of the various chapters really offered me an opportunity to broaden my horizons in a I guess, a uh, somewhat different way from Maria, my, my co-editor here. And it's actually been rewarding working with Maria. She's outspoken, she always comes well prepared and has fresh and useful ideas. So I think I've also learned from the process of actually editing the book. 
So I guess I could go on forever, but I'll stop here with, with <laughs> my personal learnings from this initiative. Very fantastic to hear that it was an eye-opening experience and you uh, get learning from the process, but also from the content of the book, because I believe you have very strong expertise in the subject already. So it uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it makes people very interested to come back to the book and because no matter what kind of background they are, they will find out their things that they can take for themselves. Yeah, there's, I guess, uh, for everyone, something old and something new. Yeah. But as Maria and my experience shows, that they are not probably the same. So what's new for her is old for me, and what's uh, new for me is old for her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a really good thought because uh, I was thinking to ask you what do you wish that our listeners could be taking away from uh, this discussion we have today, considering that they might have so different background, they might be on a different stage of their studies, work, or any other personal life, uh, how it goes for them. So what would be the takeaways you think for them? Uh, well, I think for me... Uh... I maybe want to relate back a bit to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which at the moment, of course, are a very big thing in the, in the kind of sustainability discussions. And, and, and for me, one of the main takeaways of, of the book and what we have talked about here is really how to approach the SDGs. Uh, I think it's a really important framework. Um, it allows us some common goals to unite around and it can drive so, uh, like global change but at the same time a lot of the authors in the book point to the need to also uh, look beyond the SDGs uh, look beyond how they are formulated at the present because you know the SDGs they are a framework for the year 2030 but development never stops you know we are not going to be finished in, in a decade. So continuously evaluating if what we are doing is enough and if the goals we have set are what we want to achieve. I think that's really important and, and that was one of the key takeaways for me at least from the book. Very interesting takeaways. I absolutely like your idea about that development never stops because 2030 is not the way we're going to say, okay, thank you, we are done for today. But uh, it's actually much longer. It's much more sustainable than that, just 2030. What about you, Janne? Well, I guess I'd like to take a slightly different angle to the main takeaways. And I'd like to point to our experience, which shows that collaboration between different kinds of people, maybe with different interests and perspectives, is not only possible, but it can be fun and rewarding. So I would like to emphasize the importance of respect for each other's work and openness to make it happen together. So openness to challenge and also to be challenged an openness to listen and to learn. I know all this may sound cheesy, but uh, it is important because the world or the globe today is a complex place. It's ambiguous, it's fast, it unpredictable, tensioned and polarized. So we need each other. It couldn't be said any better. <laughs> I think I absolutely like it. We need each other. And uh, perhaps this could be the 
great concluding words for what we have discussed today and the, what kind of kickoff we give for actually entire season of our podcast Sustainability Unwrapped. Thank you very much, Maria and Janne, for sharing your insights uh, today about responsible organizing, explaining us what it is and the different approach that we've taken in this book to tackling, uh, suggesting things we could improve in the way we organize. For our listeners, we will soon meet again to continue our discussion with other contributors to the book. We will dive into a variety of sustainability challenges and discuss the ways of achieving sustainable outcomes in resolving them. By the microphone was Anna, your host for this season, and we hope you stay tuned for our next episodes of Sustainability Unwrapped. See you then.